Oh, I forgot to tell you guys, I have a new YouTube channel I found. It's called Minute of Dangle. What? <laughs> Is that what it sounds like? But it's this guy that he strips these cars down to just the bodies and he dips the entire car into like acid to get all the paint off. It's just like the most amazing thing. Nice. And in one of the videos, he'll put like a little action figure on him. And in one of them, he had a Terminator with the thumbs up oh, as it was being submerged. <laughs> I love it. But that's a that's my new uh, thing to watch. Of course is, uh, it is. Cars, cars getting submerged is. in acid and then the paint being stripped off of them. <laughs> Satisfying. As the Dutch consumes his white claw, he's the one. <laughs> he, has his, he has his feet up, drinking his white claw, watching cars get melted down. Right, there you go. Heck yeah. It Sounds like life. a wonderful Tuesday night. Uh, exactly. Yeah. All right, let's do this. podcast curiosity public my name is dutch my name is jules somebody called me super delightful dylan and i said thank you and so i'll just go with that was it you thank you but that's not me (laughs) (laughs) it was part of your daily affirmation you're looking in the mirror you keep saying this but (laughs) dylan you are super delightful am i like one of those celebrities where you have Mm. the entourage that just reinforces you know good things i think if we're your entourage it's the opposite of that (laughs) Oh, man. All right. We've got an interesting episode today. We're going to be talking about the craziness in the spirits markets. But before we do that, let's sip on some spirits. Jules, what do you got? What do I got? Let's see. I like how his background's still blurred. Oh, what? (laughs) What? I got a bottle in a hairnet. Crack open to this. So it's Victor's 10 year. Seriously. People, there are people out there who've never had Victor's 10 year. True. And Jules is, oh, yeah, I only have three bottles. And he's busting out with a Victor's 10 year. Yeah. Humble (laughs) brag. Look at that humble, man. Last one, man. All right, Dylan, what's your humble quaff? All right. So. I haven't opened it yet, so I'm going to open it live right now. Live on the recorded podcast. Yeah. So here's the top. That's a tease. Oh, man. That could be a lot of things. It could be a lot of things. It could be a BTAC even. It could, but it's not. Oh, Uh, rare perfection. Yeah. 14. Yeah. So this is the 14-year Canadian, right? And so this is lot two. I picked it up because it was on sale. It was like half off. I said, you know what? It's half off. You got to try it. So that's what I'm going to be drinking here. And Oh, I just, the tab fell off. Tab broke. Yeah. Good luck getting that. Oh, there you go. Open this and you can tell us uh, what you're drinking, Dutch. Yeah. I don't know. You guys know this bottle? You may not. I'm working on I found this at the back of the- Oh, I got uh, it. I got it. Old Elk. Yeah. Old Elk. Boom. It's a barrel pick. Getting low. I was like, maybe I need to finish this bottle. This is a- uh, Wait, is that the weeded? Uh, This is the weeded bourbon. This is a store pick, 116.3 proof. Does not have an age statement. Some of these, they do write the age on them. Oh, the back says aged five years, but I have another one that actually has it written in as six years. MGP, it needs more age, but <clears throat> I haven't had it in a while, so I'll see if it's opened up a little. It holds. Got a little bit of the frunk. I expected as much. Actually, I had both the weeded and the kind of the regular, is it the straight or whatever, old elk, and both were okay. Yeah, that's how I feel. It's like it's kind of all the decent... MGP stuff that's around five, six years. It's it's okay. It's not special though. How's that rare perfection first sip? Definitely. There's a spice component that came out of nowhere. It is a rye. Well, so they have is a base. Different? It's like Bay 
base spirit, like a general spirit flavor profile. But then all of a sudden from the side, you get this, it's almost like a, it's like a, an entire spice rack kind of coming at you. It's almost, it's almost like you put everything together. It's almost like a crab boil or a crawfish boil, right? Where you put all these different spices in there. You get a little bit of that coming from the side from time to time. And so interesting. it's in the aroma too. I'm trying to open all of the bottles that I'm going to bring down or up or side. You don't know where I live. Um, <laughs> that you're going to bring for filming, for yeah, reviews. Exactly. Nice. Nice. Yes. And that's something we should... I don't think people realize that we do that now. Because on our old show, we everything was a fresh crack right. for consistency. And now we always have try to have it open for at least a couple of weeks to, to let it open up if it's going to open up. Our topic today is broad, but we're basically talking about the state of fraud? I don't want to limit it fraud? to just <laughs> fraud of the trials and tribulations of trying to get out there and find specific bottles that you might be looking for and how difficult it's become with allocated products, not even just whiskey. I mean, it, it's now tequila as well as I think firmly in this same problem area, if you want to consider it a problem, but allocated stuff, limited release things becoming virtually impossible to find in certain areas and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes and just our experience with that to some extent and some of the news about that. Dylan, I know you got a bunch of stories about this because some uh, you have some relationships with some stores, right? No, but uh, no. Just, I, you're I, you're I adjacent, love, not the managers. Yeah, I love how uh, adjacent. it starts with uh, accusation, but no, I don't. As a humble man, I work like everybody he else. He owns multiple liquor stores. I, I work like everybody else to find the bottles. And most of the time, I'm, I am not lucky because I don't camp out at these places. We'll tell a couple of stories. I think... But it's gone beyond just camping out anymore, dude. Yeah. I mean, I, it's being held for certain people only. Right. So the, I, this is the question. At what point is building a relationship with a particular distributor or a store or a manager ethically okay. Is, is that part of consumerism and capitalism? I'd like to think so. If you are a frequent customer and you're, you buy a lot of products, as a business person, you want to sustain that. You want to allow that to bloom. I think one of the biggest problem though is that it's not about the small liquor stores trying to develop a regular clientele. It's these like big, mega, large chain systems that do it, but it's unofficial, right? Because it's just dependent on each store. Each branch has their own set of clients and things like that. And in the end, that's okay. I know that people's initial reactions like, hey, that's not fair. And it's that it's true. It is not fair. But maybe that's how it is. That's capitalism at work, right? You pay yeah. money and people sell you stuff and they want to sell you more stuff and they'll bend to your wishes and things like that. These are the issues, but we know that it exists. And I think I'll give examples of these large chain liquor stores where there are certain employees that will send out a, a heads up, you know, before everybody else. And if you're in the know or you're part of that group, you definitely gain quite a bit out of it. You get you, you get special releases and things like that. These are the things that we're dealing with now. We have some examples of how that could go to its extreme, right? And People have been arrested for it, or have, at least they have lost jobs. I think recently there was an article about some state officials in Oregon where they were diverting allocated bourbon for themselves. So they were in a position of power. They knew where these bottles were going to go, and they had the stores hold it for them. 
and then or divert it in such a way that the folks and their friends would get these bottles every year and the public had no no choice is that fair is that capitalism there is that what it's supposed to be we've seen these kinds of crackdowns in virginia and then there's this thing about in kentucky and then and then dutch dutch getting bamboozled right potentially we'll get to that in a minute but that's a specific story that, that, that came up and was pretty well publicized with the justin's house of bourbon out there but to what you're saying about this whole thing of is what's fair and what's ethical but also there's a question of what what could and should be done because alcohol is regulated in every state to some level so the regulators could regulate they could enact something where this becomes illegal to do, or you can face some fines or penalties if you do something like that, or things like that. There's a way to to do that in pretty much every state. And right, the question the, is, it, how much do you want to regulate in general? So for me, I think I do not condone going against the law, right? The law is if you don't have a liquor license, you should be selling it. However, if you do have that, you can do whatever you want, again, within the limits of the law. And if private liquor stores decide what their business model is, I want exclusive clientele. And like casinos do it, right? They bring in the whales. They yeah give comps. They do all kinds of things so that they keep coming back and spending money. Is that wrong? Yeah, well, because... I think the question here is, so this things, right? You said illegal to sell, right? So the people that are going around buying the stuff and selling it on the secondary markets illegally, that's illegal. That's, that's pretty much illegal. illegal yes. Yeah, in every state and pretty much any iteration, that's illegal. And you want to say it's morally wrong? I don't know. It is what it is. It's somebody selling something they want. So it's not like it's a grave injustice or anything like that. It just sucks for people who are trying to find those things legitimately. But then the other side of that is what should, what could a regulation be, right? You know, for a liquor store to hold things only for the richest clients, is that fair? Or should the ABC laws say that, look, if you're selling alcoholic li li alcoholic beverages, you have to make it available to the public fairly? See, that sounds weird. What's well, right? That's what I'm asking you. What would you prefer? This is liquor, right? This is, not, again, like I said, I always- so Only the rich the, should be allowed th to buy it is what you're this saying. Is right? not this is not insulin. You don't, you're right. if you don't get insulin, you might die, right? Yeah. If you don't drink alcohol, you become healthier. I'm just saying, what are we trying to protect here? You know, how much of a culture warrior it, are you? The thing is, is it's question, not right? even, I don't even know. If it's, it's not about, being a culture warrior. It's not even about, yeah, exactly. I don't think it's about culture. No, it, I don't it even totally think it's is. about from a regulation. No, like I think the issue at hand, there's no way. So even if you put regulations or safeguards in place, no one, like enforcement is always the crux of this. Like no one, no, no state, no government area is going to spend the money to enforce any of these things. No, no. A government so it'll end, no, 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 no. end up happening anyway. Okay, this is a class of product that does not necessarily need need, need like equitable distribution okay this is not i would say giving a cover government cheese as a form it's of a sustenance luxury, luxury it is a luxury. yeah this is definitely a luxury right you get to the point where you can argue like if we end up arguing and we conclude that everyone in this in the united states should have the right to buy a pappy van winkle that's ridiculous that is dumb all right that doesn't no, that doesn't no, work no. that doesn't yeah, yeah you're right you're right but the question is should it be more fair or should it just be that the richest people get to buy it all the time because that's what would, will end up happening now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. But and not that... necessarily the richest people. It's also just those who have that access. But if that's the business model, if that's the... Okay, so are you going to tell Ferrari and Lamborghini to enforce them to start making cars for the masses? No, of course I not. Mean, are they going to say, all right, you know what? Hey, Mercedes, you need to be... You need to make the Volkswagen. That's not the, that's the not argument. That's not the comparable analogy. Like Tesla did the same thing. When Teslas were hard to get, they went into lottery system. It's, that's all I'm saying is if they only have 100 bottles of this stuff... They didn't have to. I'm not saying it, this isn't about have to. This is about what we sh should we do and what shouldn't we do. So if there's a hundred bottles of Pappy this year in your city, 
Yeah. Should it just go to the billionaires and millionaires that can pay more money to the store owners to get access? Or the government official who can reroute the distribution of that bottle? (laughs) Or should they they have a lottery so that it's it's equal chance for anybody to get it? If if Sazerac's business model... Which of those options is more fair, though? Only the rich people being able to buy it or anybody potentially having a chance? You you can't make that argument. I'm not making an argument. I'm posing a question. No, this is insane. You're like, oh, basically... not insane at all. It's not insane. Thanks, Comrade, basically, hey, I didn't say which one I thought was better. I'm asking you which one you think is better. I think you should allow the market. He's gonna to Kobayashi Maru this and go. This that's not the question. No, you should <laughs> let the market dictate it. Okay, I think if Sazerac decided, you know what, all our products are going to be for the richest clientele. You know what? Fine, so be it. That's not even the issue. I'm not gonna. Here. I'm not. The issue oh, so here I is have an access to it. Okay, is about whatever. access. I don't no, but drive. It's a, like, I don't it's drive like, a Lamborghini. I don't drive a Lamborghini, well, yeah. but I don't but go to Lamborghini. Yeah, but you have. You would have if you could afford it. You have access to it. The issue that comes up in the spirits world, though, is things are getting hoarded and locked out. Like people are getting locked out of being able to even purchase something because oh. other people are manipulating the distribution of it. Yeah. So the ones that are doing okay, that, if they're doing that illegally, like the, go- like the Oregon government okay, official. Yeah, but, okay, that's, that's illegal, illegal though. though. Yeah. That's illegal. I have a problem with that. Okay, I'm saying that is not what you should be. But doing. That's what's happening. That's not fair. That part is not. Right. That should not be happening. Because it's but the question is, in an ideal world, how should it be set up? And I think Dylan has a point here, right? So if we just say, look, it's free market, let the dark market decide. Pretty soon, the hype machine will stop. Right. Because these bottles will not be available to anybody except the ultra rich. And now Buffalo Trace is there with a PR problem of you're an elitist organization. You're not allowing your products to be bought by anybody except Elon Musk. And so that they can then take steps to remedy that if they want to. They don't have to. But if they want to improve their public appearance, because they still sell most of their product is the cheap stuff like Jim Beam. Most of it is the white label. It's not the limited release stuff like they make most of their money selling thousands and millions of bottles of white label Jim Beam because it's yeah, but the difference here, guys, is it's not the same. If we're if I was to use Dylan's analogy here, the what's actually happening in the marketplace is it's not that I can't. Yeah, sure. I can't afford the Ferrari. It's that I can't even get access to go buy one. Yeah, because that's Ferrari's business model. Ferrari no, does not allow no, no, you no, to no, just no. go buy like, the car. You have I to be can invited. go buy one. Yeah, no, but I can go buy you one. You can't. Yes, you can. No, it's you not can. the same. It's not the same as what's being hoarded or being blocked or diverted by this distribution companies or by people who have access to control those distribution companies or people like Dylan who like slips a hundred bill to his local Costco manager so that he has access right. to whatever. This is artificial scarcity. It's, it is, it'd be as exactly. if some, it's some collector went out and bought every single Porsche and so now you can't go buy one. Exactly. Just because Elon Musk wanted to buy all the Porsches in the state. Yep. Sure. And that's what's actually happening here. Not Ferrari holding no anybody, any of their customers back or potential customers back. Buy it all. Buy as many Porsches <laughs> as you want, Elon so, Musk. Because- so yeah, I agree. But now, so that raises an interesting question then. So now does, does Porsche then, so granted for this year, they sold all their Porsches to Elon Musk. Now next year, are they going to have a problem if he doesn't buy a single one? Everybody's like, screw Porsche. They just sold everything to Elon. I'm going to go buy my my Jaguar now or whatever people want to buy. Yeah. So should the brands be doing something to save face? Does it matter? Or, or are they complicit That's their in this problem? If they, think yeah, I know. I'm saying it's sell... their problem, but could it backfire on them by just not doing anything? Of course it can, but that's their business gamble, right? So what should they do then? 
shouldn't, the problem, shouldn't they put the something in place? The problem with this argument, fair? I've seen arguments about trying to be fair or whatever with this stuff. It, you cannot make that argument with alcohol because it's alcohol. This is not basic necessity of life. Okay. You don't need alcohol. This, these are luxury <laughs> items, right? And so you can't go around and go, look, you got to make everything fair so that everybody gets a bottle of Weller. I get it. I personally would like to get a Weller, but I'm not going to go and call my congressman and say, hey, guys, there's some bunch of meanies out there diverting the Wellers to a select group of people. And so I'm mad. I'm not getting my Weller. That's just a so what it is, it is I... interesting, though, that we bring and I'll, I think by this, I'll be able to answer perhaps your question, Dutch. So it's interesting we brought up cars as an analogy to, and how you brought up, well, should this be something like on the, you know, the, the distillers themselves? Yeah. Like in cars, like Ford is actually one of those manufacturers making that stance, right? Like the Ford CEO recently came out and is now putting pressure on those who are Ford franchisees, hey, you guys can't be adding a 30% tax, you know, onto selling tax on the MSRP of Ford vehicles if you want to maintain business selling Ford vehicles. So it's bad forward, because it's destroyed. And his argument is that it's destroyed the Ford brand. You know, so now, like in an order for those franchisees to move forward with Ford, especially as they move to electric, they now have to go through a whole certification process, like a recertification process where they have to adhere to these mm. different guidelines that Ford is enforcing. So that's actually that's that actually, could be the yeah, way to solve. That's really this interesting. Experience. But there's also there's multiple levels then with alcohol because you've got the distillers that could do something. Right. They all say, oh, we set it's out of our control. It's not. They could totally do something. Yeah, they could totally do it. Yeah. Then you yeah. also have the retailers, right? So you got like Total Wine, for instance, right? Known for basically not marking stuff up like crazy right? because that's their policy of pricing things fairly. So I think it's, if you want to put the power, if you want to look at capitalism, then the power of the people and where they choose to spend their money can be a thing. As yeah, far as, I, yeah, that will make something, I don't know, purchasable, access accessible. The problem is, I think another example is one of the changes that's happening in California is that the distributor for Sazerac has changed. And Sazerac actually sued the former distributor because not because they were diverting their products or hoarding products or being picking favorites, which they did. Right. They pick favorites. They divert all the products to very specific clients. Or if clients that are not on their top whatever list, you have to buy all these adjacent adjunctive. You got to buy the thousand, yeah. thousand bottles of Wheatley vodka to get your. Yeah. Or out. I think like one liquor store told me like they had to buy five cases of some no name mezcal in order to get one case of Russell's Reserve 13 year this year. That's Stuff like that. Like, the bundle deals. And you go, you know what? I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. And Sazerac did not have a problem with that. What they had a problem with was that they didn't pay them. Yeah. <laughs> they were not paying, <laughs> right? They were not paying for these products. And so that was the issue. This is if Sazerac wants to put put pressure on the distributors and say, hey, like we are, we want to be the brand of the people. And you can't keep doing all these things where you have to sell a million mezcal in order to get one bottle of Pappy or whatever. They could do that for sure or not. They don't have to do that. It doesn't really matter because this is alcohol. It is meaningless. Ultimately, this is a luxury. Like I said, this is not insulin. This is not basic needs type of thing. Right? It's not and the so COVID vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so just to clarify, the lawsuit, Sazerac is also suing them for changing, raising the prices that they didn't authorize. No. So there, there were things in so the So there were things they were doing. That yeah. they were doing. Obviously, the monetary thing is probably the biggest thing they've got, but it does sound like the distributor was not following the their contractual obligation 
sure. Well, I think I don't think they were raising the prices. I think they were... no, they did, they did. So it says uh, after Sazerac notified Republic that it would terminate the relationship, Republic damaged Sazerac's reputation by implementing a sudden unannounced price increase for Sazerac products. The increase was achieved by revoking discounts that retailers had previously been promised, which were funded in part by Sazerac. So it goes back to them spending the money. Right? Okay, yeah, that that's fraud. There you go. <laughs> See that I don't have a problem. With. I have I, I have a problem with that, right? I, yeah, I think that's an issue. But I don't know. I don't, I'm not on board with Dutch's communist future where everyone gets a Russell's Reserve 13 year because Dutch says so. I didn't you even know? like that though. I like, don't want people to get that. Uh, uh, spoiler alert. I'm just thinking, <laughs> so what's the takeaway here? I don't know. I, see, I think I'm, I think we're with you. Nothing. A, we're not going to solve the but, world's problems. But here's the problem is, like, yes, free market. But then if we're the consumers, what should we do if we want to get a better chance at getting these products, right? Because we're a part of the market. We can have some influence over it. And that's what I was saying. So frequenting retailers that are fair with their pricing and the way that they distribute the products, that's a great way to do it. Not participating in the secondary markets where people are going around and hoarding these things and selling them. Look, if you take away that power from them, they're going to stop doing it. Exactly. But the more people participate in that market, it's just keeping it going. Exactly. So there are things we can all do. A lot of people just don't do them. I, I think, they just want to complain. Yeah, and then they're, they're sent a, like a message to Dutch about how, I forgot, what was the product that they were purchasing? It was like Weller Foolproof or something? And they were like, yeah, oh, it yeah. was originally priced at $499. And I think they were super excited because they got it for $250. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, it's feeding the beast, right? It's yeah. feeding the secondary market. But- yep. I, on the other hand, why not? Right? Yeah, if you can afford to, I'm I wouldn't personally wouldn't. But the question is, are there enough whales out there to keep yes. all these businesses afloat? The answer is yes. The answer is absolutely yes. Or no. I, while, again, I, while it's the hottest, I don't know. Thing, I feel like there's right? a lot of people until that the pay, next trend. I think there's a lot of people that pay more than they really can afford to for a lot of these bottles, and they're doing it because of oh, FOMO. Yeah. And the reality is, they should just wait. <laughs> don't spend your money on that. Don't fuel the system. <laughs> Take no, a step I, back. I, know, I spoke with money. I spoke with somebody. Bebmo and they were telling me the story about I guess there's somebody here in the island off the coast uh, <laughs> off the coast of Costa Rica that they just go around. I told you he has an island folks. They, they go around <laughs> and pick up all these bottles but they are not drinkers. They don't drink it because they, they actually have I guess this fetish of looking at the bottles and feeling like it's part of their status. They're the collector and, man. And quote unquote. Gene Roddenberry already instructed us about these kind of people. Yeah quote unquote <laughs> What Jules calls flexing. So, Looks like, whose side is Dylan on? He should be on Data's side. <laughs> you would think, but not no. the collector's side. He's on yeah. the collector's side. And but then, if Dutch looked at that situation, Dutch would be like, "Oh, you should be doing that. You should be drinking the things. Well, drink it, look at it, collect it. I don't care. I can't really my opinion. I really that, don't uh... care. I really don't care. Well, anyway, I, so this we, is we not. Teased, this is not essential. We teased the Justin House of Bourbon story. Should we get into that briefly sure. before we sure. finish the podcast? Sure. So there was a big raid and I don't really understand what was going on. There was some, they were acquiring yeah. some products from over state lines and there was something going on there. But one of the things that came out from that was that there were some counterfeit Blanton's bottles coming from the Netherlands. And it just so happens that I had recently purchased <laughs> some Blanton's <laughs> gold from a store in the Netherlands and I bought stuff from them before and everything's been fine. But this most recent time I bought, I think about three bottles of Blanton's gold, or maybe it was four of them. And three of them had the exact same barrel information. And I recently cracked into one after reading the story and it definitely was not the power of suggestion. This was a skunky bottle. Like it was just bad. And I think we've all experienced that before with, with actually I've got, I've had a Blanton's bottle before that was just had gone bad somehow or whatever it was, but it was just bad. And so I opened one of the other bottles from the same barrel, completely different flavor profile. 
profile, but it got me thinking, did I get a counterfeit right. bourbon? Did I get a counterfeit Blanton's gold? Yes. I don't know. I think we need to all Power three try suggestion. it. And I have one more from the same <laughs> barrel. So if we crack all three and they're all completely different, that's really sketchy. You understand one of them being tainted, but if the other right. two should taste the same, right? It should be. Yeah, exactly. exactly the same. Oh, you know what? You need to tell me the, the barrel number and all that because I might have some, right? I might have a barrel. Right. And maybe we compare all of we them because it should oh, taste exactly the same. Exactly. And that's why I was like, that's why I cracked the second uh, one. And I was like, oh my gosh, did I get scammed? Are these the gold or the gold straight from the barrel? Okay. Gold. Yeah. Yeah. Not the, yeah, not you the should, yeah. Tell me the numbers. Maybe I'll look for it. In my yeah. Collection. I'll tell you. It was a 20, I think it was a 2021 barreling or a dump date. I think I have, yeah. I might have one or two in 2021. But. <clears throat> so anyway, that may become a, an episode in the future, but this is an interesting topic. We'd love to hear what you guys think. We're Definitely. always available by email. If you guys want to send us emails with your thoughts about the podcast, or you can always post comments on our YouTube videos and we can yeah yeah out. tell us if you are a dutch who wait what is my stance exactly who promotes who promotes communism <laughs> and socialism Jeez. or are you team dylan who believes in the free market or is it team jules who doesn't purchase anything anyway so <laughs> doesn't none care. of this matters <laughs> it doesn't, it's yeah. not insulin <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not insulin. But yeah, it is interesting. People want to see regulation on this or do they just say, look, let the market, nope. de let de the de market determine. Yeah. So here's I, the problem though, is I do think I am, and I am with Dylan on the market dictating here, but I do think as consumers, we can't complain about it if we're participating in it. If you're going to participate in it responsibly and take into consideration the things that we said in this podcast. If you have a problem with it, don't feed the beast. Don't feed the beast. That yeah. should be the take home. Yeah. Don't feed the beast and don't participate in FOMO. Or who cares? Just complain about it. Anyway. Yeah, or complain about it, or be like Jules, where there's no, there are no bottles other than Michter's tenure. And yeah, like, Jules says this, and then he was at a liquor store, and he said, "Oh yeah, I was there, and I saw the guy had a Weller 107 behind the counter, and I, I asked him to sell it to me for retail, and he did exactly." <laughs> Did you intimidate him? Is that did you like pretend like you had a gun? No, I did have to buy two <laughs> other bottles. Oh yeah, I'll buy uh, those. It's like, all right, here's the bundle deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Jules is like, oh, I want those mezcal. I actually like the mezcal. Can you just give me throw in the weather one hundred seven? I only really want the mezcal. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan's still bitter about the mezcal. <laughs> exactly. Oh man, I can't. Uh, did, did I tell that story during our filming? I don't okay. remember. Okay, we'll have to we'll, check we'll the tapes. Yeah. Speaking of the story. tapes, this has gone on way too long. Yeah, Jules, yeah, take way us out too of this long. episode. Get, get out of this. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah, please let us know how you feel. Send us an email or comment on our YouTube channel. Speaking of our YouTube channel, we got new content up there weekly, so where we do reviews and drink throughs. If you like what we do, want to help us out, please consider joining Curiosity Private, which is our membership program on YouTube. We are also on Patreon, and we are also selling T-shirts. Links will be in the description. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay curious. Thank you.